live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host, Leah Mattinson. We're here with another show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence. And Leah, I know you always like to start the show by saying uh, it's a show that asks you, who are you and who do you want to be? And today's guest really answers that question in many ways, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm so looking forward to uh, our guest today because he really, uh, he captured my interest when I heard him on on another interview. And um, just, he has such a wonderful story. And and what captured my heart really was that he said, uh, you are here to be you, uniquely you, not like anyone else. And I think that uh, we get caught up lots of times in trying to be like somebody else or trying to, you know, figure out how to fit into another mold. And not only did he talk about the concept of that, but he has developed a tool over a span of three decades that is quite literally um, heart expanding is the term I would use. So without further ado, I'd just love to welcome Chetan Parkin to the show today. Welcome, Chetan. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Howard. Lovely to be here. Yes, it's it's great to have you here. Um, perhaps you can um, give us just a little bit of background about yourself and lead into um, how you found yourself destined to be doing what you're doing now. Well, like yourself, Howard, I I was born and raised in jolly old England. Uh-huh. So, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I grew up on a farm in the countryside, and uh, you know, in the farm we had all kinds of machinery. And uh, it would all break down, and I had no idea how to fix it. So curiosity led me to study engineering. I got a degree in mechanical engineering, and by the time I'd got that, the farm was finished. So I had to go somewhere else to do stuff. So I started traveling. I started traveling all over the world, troubleshooting engineering projects. I dove on on the pipelines in the North Sea. Um, I went on archaeological dives in the Adriatic. Um, I delivered motor yachts across the Atlantic and uh, ended up uh, driving buses, magic buses, backwards and forwards between London and Kathmandu. Wow. And uh, this was the 70s. Very amazing mm. time. I mean, mm. extraordinary thing going down the Silk Road and mm. uh, connecting into India and finding that whole culture. Mm. And there just came a point in time in my life, I was about 26 years old, and I literally hit the wall. Uh, nothing was making sense to me anymore. I'd uh, done the whole engineering thing, tried to understand that, and um, I'd seen the world, I'd traveled all over the place, and had all kinds of amazing experiences, but my life was just not making sense. And uh, I was in real trouble, you know, just there was a complete block. So, and so, yeah, yeah I'm just curious, how did you, how did you transition from being this confused and obviously, you know, stuck 26-year-old. And you were in a different country, like you were in India. 
uh, like what happened uh, that you that you were able to to figure out what to do next? Who did you meet, or or was it intuitive? Like how did things unroll for you, Chetan? If I you know if I said in those days I was wearing a very very dark pair of sunglasses, you know I probably mm. couldn't see my nose in front of myself. So mm. really, I did have to be guided. I really did have to receive guidance. And fortunately enough, I was guided to the ashram of Osho in Pune. Um, I ended up spending 11 years in his company. And uh, in the early days there, for somebody that was quite so lost as I was, he would just kind of quietly nudge people to go and have a reading, a reading with a man that had a system that had been devised many thousands of years ago. And in simple terms, he was called a shadow reader. He didn't actually read my shadow, but he measured my, the length of my shadow. I didn't kind of pay too much attention to what was going on, but he measured it on a funny-looking stick at a certain time of day, in a certain place. And then that combined with my date of birth and combined with my name that I'd been born with, he triangulated three calculations, and he was able to work out a page out of a book of hundreds of books that he had stacked up against the wall. And he brought this book back to the table, opened up to the page, and started reading everything about me. Every last little detail, past, present, future. And when he gets to the end of the reading, he, or the end of the page, he closed the book up and he turns to me. And he says, I want you to come and work with me because you know how to do this. And, you know, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had really no idea. My hair was standing on end, as you can imagine. It's like he'd been following me around for lifetimes on end. And he was telling me all this stuff that would just it kept on chiming with me. Everything he said, just, yes, that fits. Hmm. But, you know, I thought about his offer for about 30 seconds, and I turned him down and said, no, I can't possibly do this. And he thought that was one of the funniest things he'd ever heard. You know, because here was me this weird guy from England being turning down the world expert at what he did who could actually see where my life was going to take me. And when he stopped laughing, uh, he just said, well, it doesn't matter because you're going to do this work do anyway. Uh -huh. wow. Yeah, wow. So, and he gave me an encouragement. He said, you know, there's a system that's going to come into your life. You're going to write books about it. You're going to read for people. You're going to introduce people to themselves. And you're going to do this all over the world. And it's going to change people's lives forever. Well, I was, as I say, 26, 27 years old. I, I really didn't know what was going on. But he said, look, this, you'll recognize this system when it comes. But in the meantime, find a way to be able to relate to people. Because you've got this gift to be able to read for people. You can tell people who they are and what their life's about. Because everyone will have forgotten. You know, it's just practice. So then onwards, you know, slightly bemused, I go out of his place and I... I find myself learning how to read people's hands and then faces and then cards and then tea leaves and then auras and then I Ching and then all these different systems. And sure enough, 1993, this system that he's talking about, human design, shows up in my life. And I get sent a chart by a friend and it's my chart. And I look at this chart and I know right away, this is what he was talking about. And ever since then, that is what I've been doing. Now, when you were going through this process, because that's that's a sort of a remarkable image of a last 26-year-old suddenly being invited to do something that I'm sure you'd never thought of before, what was that experience like of trying it out and, and suddenly realizing or, or maybe slowly realizing that, you know, there was meaning here and, and potential and destiny? I mean, what was that like for you? 
Well, you know, as I say, I had very thick glasses on in those days, and, and metaphorically. And I didn't have to wait too long to get proof of this. Um, about a week later, after meeting the shadow reader, this uh, man came into my life who was a psychic palm reader, and he insisted on reading my hands. And the funny thing is, he said a whole bunch of stuff that was exactly what I'd heard the week before. Hmm. And um, at the end, he says, look, I'm going to show you how to read hands. So fine, you know, for 10 minutes, he shows me about all the lines and markings and everything in the hands. And then he folds my hand up and he says, that's enough. Now go practice. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, I go back to where I'm staying that night. It's a funky little hotel and I'm sitting in the restaurant outside with my friends and we're having dinner. And uh, I say to my friends, you know, the funniest thing happened today. This guy showed me how to read hands. And in the space of about 10 seconds, the table is covered with people's hands. Everybody got up from their tables around. Even the waiter came over and put his hands down on the table and insisted I read for him. Wow. And that's where it started. And Amazing. I just realized, you know, everybody left that table. It's like I've heard something I've never heard before, and it rings true for me. So, yes. It, it all came to pass. It's just so incredibly, um, like you just had to have some sort of incredible intuition to be able to just take that little 10-minute learning from that psychic hand reader and to be able to translate it into, you know, looking at other people's hands and giving them something of meaning, you know. And, and so was the something of meaning encouraging like, um, your shadow reader had been. Were you giving people encouragement to to find a way um, in their lives? Like I just, I just think that's absolutely mind blowing. People study things for, you know, years and years at university, and they and they sometimes never get it. They never. And so here you are, um, this little ten minute sort of reading, and then you then you share it with your friends, and they walk away feeling something has opened up in them. So how did you how did you trust yourself? Did you just you know, go for it? Or what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things here. You know, honestly speaking, uh, let's just be clear. Nobody knows what life is. <laughs> right? We're here having this experience, but nobody can tell you what it is. You know, we're here to have this individual experience of this thing. <laughs> and you don't have to look very far in this world to find boatloads of discouragement. Oh, you screwed up at this, at that, you failed at this, you know, you're lousy at that. And it's like, yeah, we've heard, I've had enough of this crap. You know, I don't want to hear any more of how, what a screw up I am in life. And I don't think anyone else does either, unless they're a masochist. <laughs> so what became very apparent to me, Leah, was that um, we've been encouraged to think, you know, that, that we're here for one lifetime. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, the lights go out, and if you've been good, you do one thing, and if you've been bad, you do another thing. And goodness knows who's reading that scale. <laughs> you know, uh. what what became apparent to me very quickly was that the shadow reader had tuned into something that had been going on for me for lifetimes on end. And what I've since discovered, you know, 17 lifetimes have been put together to come to this point, where I was in a place to write these books and do this work and introduce this system to the world. So it's not just an overnight thing. What I found was with reading hands starting out there and then going to these other systems, there are keys. There are essential keys that you can see. You know, we're a hologram where we, we can read things from all kinds of different directions. And basically, the greatest encouragement we need to have is to be true to ourself. That's the whole thing here. We're not here. There are no grains of sand in this universe that are the same. There are no people that are the same. And yet we've all been stereotyped in so many different ways, and it's completely disempowering. 
So my whole gig is, you know, I'm looking at this thing. Wow, it's unique to you. What do you make of it? You know, can you recognize it? And of course, people do. Yeah, and so that transformed obviously your life, and and you got more and more into this. Um, we have a few minutes before the break. Can you capsule, cap, uh, summarize for us the concept of human design? In very simple terms, Howard, human design is a gift for humanity. That's the best thing I can say about it. We would all have to recognize, you know, the world has changed. All kinds of crazy things are going on in this world. We're moving out of the, what we call the Piscean Age. We're moving into the Aquarian Age. And all the rules are changing. Every single thing in the world is changing. And if you're still living your life according to old principles, then getting lost is a guarantee. But human design puts you on the spot in present tense according to your own nature for this lifetime. That's the beauty of it. And so when people are participating in uh, using, the, the, it's a tool specifically, is that right, Chetan? The people? Yes, it's a tool. And, the, you know, the beautiful thing about human design is it's objective. It's not subjective. Mm. It just tells you this is what you gave yourself as part of your soul agreement for this lifetime. This is what you gave yourself. This is the keys and the codes and how to go about it in the most fulfilling and conscious way. And here's the opportunity to celebrate your life because you understand who you are, what you gave yourself, and what you're here to live out. It's literally like that. It's a, it's a self-empowerment tool. Yes, indeed. A self-remembering device. And it's very simple. Yeah. And we'll get more into how listeners can find out more about this, but... What's involved in, in, in trying to read, if you will, that any individual's design? Well, we, we work from somebody's birth information, <clears throat> similar to astrology, but it's not astrology. Okay. Um, we need the date, time, and place where somebody showed up in this universe. And we do a calculation. We actually do two calculations, one for the moment of birth, which tells you everything you had to live out consciously, and one for a moment about three months before the birth, which tells you all about the genetic inheritance. So mm. being in human form, we have to join a particular family stream, and we inherit at least four generations worth of input from ancestry. And all of this comes in as our unconscious makeup. So human design not only can see what we're here to live out with purpose and consciously, it can show us exactly what we're here to live out through our unconscious as well. And the thing with unconscious, as you will know, Howard, the moment you shine a little bit of light on anything that's unconscious, it starts to transform into something that's more conscious. So human design is a huge wake-up device, and it's needed for these times. It is. I just would love for you to give, um, we did a little pre-show uh, human design chart for me, and I'd love it if you would share it with listeners just before we go into the break so they get a taste of what actually is kind of some of the stuff that's generated from that report. Well, in a nutshell... Uh, because, you know, I could talk about design for quite a while, Leah. Um, mm -hmm. you, you were someone who was born wise. And I teased you before the show saying, you know, you'd be a child, a baby in the crib, looking up at the people looking down at you, asking them if they really knew what they were doing. You know, <laughs> you, you're wise beyond your years, at, from birth, and all your life you've been healing people's hearts, healing people's heartache. Um, people chasing after things that had no value for them, 
and you just put them straight and you just say, look, forget about that, you know, just get rid of that. Find something that really appeals to you. And uh, you're an energy phenomenon. Wherever you go, you raise the energy of the place. The most important thing for you is to work out what places are really worth being in and who's really worth interacting with. So, you know, that comes down to your feeling clarity and your emotional, um, your sensation. It's all about following your feelings in this lifetime. And um, I was in on that reading, and I can assure the listeners that uh, no money passed between Leah and Jatan for her to get that reading. <laughs> um, and, uh, and actually, in my experience, that absolutely does sum Leah up to a T. So that was really interesting. And actually, Jatan did one on me, and that summed me up to a T. Perhaps we'll talk about that after the break on the other side of Master Your Life. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When was the last time you said, I love myself and I love my life? Can't recall. Has it been five years? Ten maybe? Or do you quite literally not remember a time when you felt peaceful and joyful? Well, how would you like to be one of those special women who glow because you're on a path to awakening and evolving consciously? If that sounds like where you want to be, but you just don't know how to get there, come join Leah Mattinson for one of her upcoming retreats in a beautiful, intimate, and very exclusive location. Dive deep in mind, body, and spirit. Go to reallifetraining.com for details. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet, but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm host Leah Mattinson, along with my co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. Today, we're joined by our wise, wonderful, and destiny uh, revealing guest Chitam Parkin and Chitam. Before the break, we were just going over my kind of a brief synopsis of my destiny chart, and I have to tell you um, that absolutely, uh, when I first learned about this stuff, I was covered in goosebumps. So when you actually um, go back to your own story and you say uh, in the first segment you're talking about the shadow reader, you know, getting out the book and looking through all the archives and coming out to this one page and him reading it and you going, your hair stood on end, and yes, that fits. That is actually how I felt when you were you were reading my little synopsis earlier today, and um, so I just want to encourage people that are 
um, you know, interested in discovering the person that they were born to be, to really go and to check out what it is that you're doing, um, you know, on your website and, and around the world. So just to kick off the segment, though, I think we should pick up and talk about um, what my wonderful co-host, <laughs> Destiny Chart, said about him. Well, happy to do so, Leah. And uh, yes, Howard, your your design is very, very different than Leah's. Um, you're somebody that, you know, you're very quick. You get stuff and then you're kind of looking around wondering, hey, hey what's the hold up, everybody? Didn't you get that already? You know, very, very. And, you know, I was, I was saying to you before the show, you're somebody that shoots from the hip. You get something, you, you tell it. And mm-hmm. you've got to be a straight shooter. You've got to tell people what it is you see and how you see it. It's no beating around the bush. It's it's. So many people throw up so many screens. Well, you know, it's a little bit like this. And you see right through it. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is to call it as it is. And what happens then is you give the opportunity to people to really grow fast in their life. You're the quickest person in the room. You get stuff way before everybody else does. And there's just this thing of how am I going to express this in a way that is going to have the maximum effect on people? Sometimes you have to be a little bit patient on that because you can just see people are not ready to hear it from you. But honestly speaking, anybody that works with you and they've got what they consider to be major problems in their life, you're going to sort it out for them. You know, you can get right into the bottom of stuff very, very quickly and sort it out for them. You've got answers for any question that somebody could possibly come up with. So, you know, obfuscation, for you, it's just easy. You can just go straight through it. You just see Mm -hmm. right through it. Um, You're very open. You're very, in a sense, very empathic to whatever's going on with other people. And that's that whole thing of always coming back to, okay, what's them and what's me? You know, what's their trip all about? And what are they trying to obfuscate? And what what can I point out to them that will just get them to the point really, really quickly? So just that thing of not getting swept up in other people's stuff just staying really, really clear in yourself and uh, pointing out to people how to go about life in a sensible, intelligent, grounded, practical way. Wow. Uh, I, I hope that's right. Um, it certainly, you know, it certainly <laughs> resonates. Um, if I tell you that I'm writing a book now called I Think, Therefore I'm Wrong, um, you'll, you'll understand that um, that is exactly part of it. By understanding a lot about how we think, I can um, see through a lot of the biases that people have. Um, and it's also interesting, I was thinking earlier when you mentioned that and you talked about, you know, you see the limitations and, you know, I, I can be somewhat, hopefully in a humorous way, but a little bit um, cynical, if you like, about that. And and, and the reason I raised that is that um, I thought I had developed that, and this is ties in very much to your concept, I thought I had developed that in my writing over the years. And then, probably a few years ago, I found an old, a very, very old book from school, from like elementary school, and there was the same style right then, right off the bat when I started writing. It wasn't something I developed, it was just part of who I was. Yeah, I mean, we come in with a perfect blueprint, and uh, we're here to live that out, and you know, Leo was saying before, so many people try to copy other people or live according to somebody else's principles. And the universe is very generous. You know, we each have our go at this lifetime. We each have a go at playing out whatever we've decided to play out. And the more conscious and deliberate we can be about that, 
uh, the more celebration we have the opportunity to experience. And so in the being conscious and deliberate, I love this, the concept. One of the concepts in your work is this kind of five energy types. Uh, and I'm just wondering if you could kind of expound a little bit on those types and just to invite people to think about, you know, are they one of those energy types? What does that actually mean? What does it mean in their life? Could you talk a little bit about that stuff? Oh, absolutely, Leah. Yes. Um, in looking through human design, we've, we've Carol and myself, my wife and partner and myself, we've come up with what we call the three keys. And these three keys are type, authority, and profile. And anybody that understands these keys about their design, and we put, point these facilities out in, in people's charts very, very in a very straightforward way in the reports that we offer on our website. So anyone can go on our website and they can download a free report. If they're feeling a bit more adventurous, they can get a comprehensive report for a small investment. Um, and it tells them about their three keys. The first key is what we call type. There are five different types. Three of the types are what we call energy types. Two of them, what we call non-energy types. Oh, okay. So the three energy types are what we call the manifester, the manifesting generator, and the generator. So generators make up the generators and manifesting generators make up the majority of people. So you, Leo, you have a uh, manifesting generator design. Hmm. The manifesting part of it is always the very attractive part because you know you can trigger stuff, you can make things happen. The generator part requires that you get a gut response before you act on anything. And the gut response is an energetic response. So going along with what Howard was just saying, you know, I think therefore I'm wrong, or um, if I paraphrase <laughs> wrong. That's right, no, that's right. You know, um, We've all been trained to think, and we've got this little biocomputer on the top of our shoulders here, but it only works according to the program it's been given. Okay. And programming comes in all kinds of shapes and forms, and mostly it's other people's programs that we're trying to run. And so it's inevitable that if we're trying to work out our life because what our brain is trying to tell us, in the end, it's not going to bring satisfaction. So the type of design, uh, and as I say, there are these five types uh, three of them are uh, energy types, the manifester generator, manifesting generator, and generators and manifesting generators, they have, they're actually generating life force energy all the time. So when I say to you, Leah, you're, a, you're an energy phenomenon, you know, wherever you go, you walk in the room, the whole level of the energy in the room picks up just because you walked in the door. And uh, the whole thing for you is to work out which rooms you want to walk into, you know, because your energy is then going to expand into whatever's going on in that room. Um, so the gut response will in the first place tell you and the gut response is something that comes from the lower belly it has absolutely nothing to do with the thinking process at all it's an energetic to re response to whatever life places in front of you and from that gut response you can then qualify is this something that's giving me a rising of energy and therefore a level of interest or the energy is dropping away and it's telling me not now and that is where everything in you, for you in this life starts. You're either getting a rise of energy, this is interesting, caught my attention, I have an energetic response to this, or not now, maybe some other day. Okay. Then there's the, so the manifester. Manifestors are about 10% of the world's population. Um, they basically, they're catalysts more than anything else. They trigger activity in other people. And uh, they have to be really careful who they commit this triggering to, where they go in their life. Um, because they can be seen as a bit of a threat as well. You know, they walk in a room, how are they going to change that room around? People pick up on that energy. You know, there's, there's a transformational energy just come into this room. 
what do we do about it? You know, do we welcome this person in here? Are we ready for the changes they might bring? Or should we just keep on on the other side? So those are the three energy types. Um, they make up about 70% of the world's population. And then there are two non-energy types, the projector. Uh, Howard is a projector by design. Projectors are here to guide. We're here to give guidance to people and how to use their energy in a, in a sensible way. Um, the great thing for a projector is to know, you know, what are the situations that are really called to us to give our guidance. And as I pointed out to you, Howard, you're, you're the quickest person in the room. You know, sometimes you've got to let other people catch up before you give them the guidance. You know? <clears throat> very true. Very true. Yeah. And then... Um, 20% of the world's population are projectors, and then the, the last of the types, non-energy type, is the reflector, less than 1% of the world's population. They're pure empaths. They pick up everything, and they live a very, very different life. And I, it's always a great thrill for me when I meet a reflector, because actually I'm getting a clear reflection of who I am and what I'm about when I meet one. Hmm. Oh. And, uh, you know, in times of yore, they would be the priestess in the temple or the the hermit in the forest somewhere who would be communing with nature and communing with the elements. And if you were sensible and you really needed good guidance in your life, you would go and seek your guidance from them. Of course, in 21st century, this isn't so practical anymore. And so many reflectors find themselves in very difficult circumstances because they really crave space and uh, to be on their own. So as I say, I'm always thrilled when I meet one and I'm able to give them the guidance of you know, recognizing what it is in life is really going to suit them very well. I think I was, a, I think I was one of those in a prior life. <laughs> Certainly not this life, but I do. It's like the aspect of that, um, like being a hermit or being, yeah, away from everybody. And maybe everyone has that in them, but I definitely, I can, I can see that playing out in my life. I'm just curious about the, the, um, is there any present day, um, people that would be kind of in pop culture or that people would be aware of that would be that reflector so that people can kind of see a picture of who that might be? Yeah, there, there are one or two people come to mind. Um, Fyodor Dostoevsky, if you've ever read any of his books, mm. he's a reflector. H.G. Wells, a reflector. Mm-hmm. Um, in modern day times, Rosalind Carter, uh, the President Jimmy Carter's wife. Mm. Uh, Sandra Bullock is a reflector. Oh, and uh, you know, reflectors—they come in with this pure sense of trust that life is going to take them where they need to go. So mm-hmm. you can sense a certain kind of fragility about them, but you can also sense a, a, an extraordinary level of wisdom about them as well. Yeah, fascinating. Very good. Good question, by the way, Leah. Um, so that's type, um, right? What about authority? Okay, so authority, like, you know, here's the question. Who is the authority in my life? You know, is it the school teachers I had? Is it the books I read? Is it the religion I give credibility to? You know, where does the authority come from? And if you ponder it for about two seconds, you'll realize you have to be your own authority in this lifetime. This is your life. You know, you're the one that's responsible for this lifetime. And so... Authority is always about making right decisions. Right decisions according to you, not according to some rule book or you know manifesto or you know some creed of some sort or other. It's about being true to yourself as a conscious presence here in this universe, in this life. 
So in human design, we're able to look at a design chart and we're able to see right away where the authority lies for such a person. For you, Leah, you, you have what we call emotional authority. This is a lifetime of following your feelings. And when we're talking about feelings, we're talking about the solar plexus. We're talking about that part of your body where you actually give yourself guidance. What feels right to you? Who feels right to you? And who and what doesn't? And the thing about emotions is they're always moving. The emotions can take you up. Oh, this looks like fun. Oh, but hang on a minute. No, I'm not feeling so good about it anymore. Oh, but hang on. No, it's great. No, not so good. Up and down. And the whole thing for that is to find that still point that is not attached to either extreme of the waves. And it's about seeing that the journey is always the point for you, that emotions go on through everything. And you're always looking for that still point before you make a move on something. That still point that is not attached to the wave of emotion in any way. And it's tricky. You'll know sometimes in your life where you've made decisions and it's, you found out later you, you hadn't read the fine print. You know, you jumped into something and all of a sudden you realize, I didn't feel like doing this at all, but here I am. I'm in the thick of it. Right. Um, and it's like, thank goodness for the return policy. So, Howard, in your design, you have what we call splenic authority. And like I say, you're the quickest person in the room. You're, you're, you've got instincts. You've got intuitions. You just pick up on stuff. And you get it right away. You don't need any further information about it. Just click, got it. And you've got to trust that. Mm-hmm. Yes. People have what we call sacral authority. And they're here to get a gut response before they move on anything. And the gut response is either a yes or a not now. It's just deliberate. You have that as part of your design, Leah. It's like the opening gambit. Get the gut response before you apply any attention to how, whether you feel like being involved or not. But, uh, you know, the, that sacral response is very, very relevant for people. There are people that have what we call willful authority, and they've got to know what's going on in their heart. And they've got to be so clear what they really want out of life and then put that into motion. So there are six of these different authorities. We each have one for our lifetime. And uh, following through on one's authority, you start finding, I am making decisions that are consequential to every step of my life journey. And the more I'm in tune with making right decisions, I don't have to take on the wrong career. I don't have to marry the wrong person. I don't have to do wrong things in my life. I can just stay in tune with what it is that I came in here to live out clearly and without any sense of having to worry about it all. Oh. What a wonderful uh, first two keys, uh, and for people to be able to go on to humandesignforusall.com to check out more information just as we go into the break. Uh, and when we pick it up on the other side, we'll talk about the third key, the profile, and we're looking forward to that uh, with uh, Dr. Howard Rank and myself and Chatam Parkin, and we'll see you soon after the break. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When was the last time you said, I love myself and I love my life? Can't recall? Has it been five years? Ten maybe? Or do you quite literally not remember a time when you felt peaceful and joyful? Well, how would you like to be one of those special women who glow because you're on a path to awakening and evolving consciously? If that sounds like where you want to be, but you just don't know how to get there, come join Leah Mattinson for one of her upcoming retreats in a beautiful, intimate, and very exclusive location. 
dive deep in mind, body, and spirit. Go to reallifetraining.com for details. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host, Leah Manson. Today, we're talking with a very wise man, Jatan Parkin, who's been talking about human design, human design for us all, what that means, and it's really about really zoning in on who you are and what your purpose is. And before the break, Jatan, we were talking about type and authority, and there was one other thing, profile, that you were going to enlighten us about. Well, profile is another aspect of one, of one of what we call the three keys in human design, type, authority, and profile. So type is all about how we use our energy, um, you know, what's worth contributing our energy towards and how do you run it well, effectively. Um, authority is how we make decisions of what's worth getting into according to our own nature, our own design. And let's face it, we're not here to copy anybody else's design or anybody else's lifetime. Profile is in a very simple sense, it's how the world sees us. So we've probably all had this experience where we've gone to a party and perhaps we don't know anyone in that room. And we walk in and there's almost like an instant recognition with one or two people in the party. Yes, I have a kind of connection there, a quiet connection. And even though we may not have anything obviously in common, it's just really easy getting on with them. The, the, you know, it's just there's a familiarity in a sense. And then there's other people in that party where you, you maybe get guided, or oh, come on, you've got to go and meet this person, and you find it's really a lot of uphill trying to get through, or you have to go out of your way a little bit more to make a connection there. So in human design, we can see these different profiles. There are 12 of these different profiles, and we each have one for our lifetime. And it's just that thing of, of knowing who it is that has a kind of harmony with us without anything else being appreciated about the design or the nature. And... There are some of what we call personal profiles to say that it's a lifetime in which we are here uh, discovering things that are very personally interesting to us and getting involved in all kinds of things. We may be teachers or philosophers or all kinds of different things and exploring life without necessarily knowing the long term effects of what our actions bring about. That it's a very personal and uh, engagement with life. And then there are profiles that we call interpersonal profiles, and both you, Leah, and Howard have interpersonal profiles, where probably right from the get-go in this lifetime, you've always had the sense of responsibility. It's almost like you stand a little bit taller than everybody else, and you can see over everybody else's heads, and 
you can kind of give a kind of, oh, yes, I really need to help them clean up this thing over here. And they're not managing so well over there. And there's a much better way these guys could do this over here. And I won't say you're always part of the cleanup crew, but it's you're always kind of covering over things for people to kind of help them get straightened out in their life. Things that they, they're bringing about that are not going to help them in their life. And you can help them straighten that out for themselves. So it's kind of an over sense of... Um, a, a bit more responsibility. Both of you feel a bit more responsible about the state of affairs around you. And the great thing is to realize, you know, you're not here to rescue people. Um, you're here to kind of, you know, engage in situations where the, the assistance is really uh, relevant for that particular exchange. There are also, there's a particular profile, it's called what we call a fixed profile. And people with this profile, um, Let's just say they're living out a very particular characteristic of the human experience. They're very rare. Uh, these profiles show up for a space of somewhere between two and three hours once a year. So people that have that profile, they're living a very, very singular lifetime. And they need to be encouraged to just do whatever it is that that particular um, approach to life is all about. So there, as I say, there are 12 of these profiles. They fit into these different categories of personal uh, fixed or interpersonal. And understanding your profile, for instance, uh, I have a what was called a 2-4 profile. And a 2-4 profile, I, uh, the, the second part is, the, the two part is the, the conscious side for me. The four part is the unconscious, the inherited side. And the four part is is trying to engage people with stuff. Uh, trying to say, we're all in this together. That's, that's what comes from my unconscious side. Mm -hmm. Trying to get people to see things in the same way that I do. This, the two part of it is I have this tendency to stumble on things without necessarily knowing their value. And so I just say, in a sense, it's a lifetime of playing, um, you know, because I can't afford to take things too terribly seriously uh, because I don't necessarily know the consequence of what it is that is being un, un revealed to me. I just have to know I have to be very aware of as best I can in what it is that life presents to me. I so, just love that. Yeah. 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 Just love that. My mantra is I'm a playful woman. <laughs> That's when I get too serious. I have to say that out loud to myself. And I find the same. It's like this magical almost uh, stumbling upon things. And maybe that's what um, part of what attracted me to, to your uh, teaching or, your, or whatever your, the information is. Just uh, like it's the twists and turns that people take in their life. And when you just open the doors, but listening to that internal voice that either says yes or uh, no, maybe not right now. I think that's a really great decision making tool mm -hmm. right there without um, having to, you know, write down a big long list and go through the pros and cons of something, but getting a little quieter internally and going, hmm. Is this for me or is this not for me? So do all the types have that ability to go internal well, and go, this is for me or this is not for me? I mean, that's the thing, you know, we all have to work that out. Um, mm -hmm. the, the for me or not for me, that, you know, that comes with the gut response that you've got there. Mm. You know, it's an energetic response. You, you take a look at something and it's either interesting, not now. It's that quick. And uh, you then, in your design, you have to follow through and just feel, okay, I got an interest in this. How profound is that interest? Was it just a little flash in the pan? Or is it something that is going to sustain my interest for a longer term? Mm -hmm. And how, I can see where the tool would yeah. help you to communicate with people, though, as well. Because I'm what I'm thinking is my expectation is that everybody has that same um, in ability to go internally and go, you know, yes for me, no, not for me. So maybe sometimes my expectations of other people being able to communicate in that same way or being able to make decisions in that same way aren't 
um, aren't serving the relationship. So does well, some yes, of your work have to do with relationship stuff as well? Oh, good Lord, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I read for many couples, uh, business partnerships, uh, boardrooms, all of that. And uh, it opens up a whole new level of communication. I always mm-hmm. like to say, you know, in, in when I'm reading for a couple, um, a, a love match, uh, I have to get them laughing in the first 10 minutes. You know, laughing about the idiosyncrasies that are very apparent in the partnership because they'll just turn to me and say, how do you know that? You know, how do you know that happens in our partnership here? And I say, well, it's here in your design. It's all perfect. And, you know, instead of it being a stumbling block and being a difficulty, here's the way to approach it in a very intelligent way so you can always find your way through what the sticking points might be. So, yes, um, yes, uh, human design is brilliant like that. And and it occurs to me that um, some people might think, oh, you discover your destiny and that's it. But obviously that isn't it, is it? I mean, as you go through life, you learn more, you manifest in different ways, it comes out in different ways. Is that right? I mean, I think that's one of the sort of thinking errors that my people think. You know, you certainly see this in the business world or like, oh, this is your career. Oh, we've analyzed you and that's your career and that's what you should do for the rest of your life, which is nonsense. Um, I presume there is this sort of constant growing in in this knowledge, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's all personal knowledge. I mean, I did try the analytical side of things. I did try engineering for a number of years. Yeah, right. <laughs> and honestly speaking, the, the person that taught me most about engineering was somebody that would talk to engines, talk to machinery. <laughs> you know, literally, everything has consciousness. Right, everything. Right. It's just, it, you know, it operates on, a, on various levels. The human has access to a higher level of consciousness or a more expanded level of consciousness than other things. But everything has consciousness. And uh, we've just been persuaded because we learn to stand on our hind legs. We've been persuaded to try and think our way through life. Right. But life is, you know, we're here having mm-hmm. this experience in this mm-hmm. very particular vehicle. The beautiful thing about human design is it tells you your owner's manual, you know, how this vehicle works for you, for you. So give us a little glimpse, Chan, about like if somebody comes onto the website or when people come onto your website, humandesignforusall.com, like how do they, like what's the pathway beyond kind of doing the very, the very first human design thing, you open up your, um, your report and you go, oh, wow, that's totally awesome. And then you get a little bit more detailed report. What, what else can people access? Well, yes, read the first report, and then if you feel a little adventurous, get the comprehensive report. It's a small investment. Um, We do trainings with people. Um, We've trained many, many hundreds of people all over the world uh, in understanding the system, this amazing tool for these times. We've worked with healers. We've worked with coaches. We've worked with business executives. uh, We've worked with housewives. We've worked with everybody. Um, I've read for somewhere over... 5,000 people in this life, and uh, my wife and partner, Carola, the same. Uh, we train, change people's lives. We basically give people license to be themselves and show them the keys of how to live out their life in a way that they decided to do this lifetime. So it really, you know, we're in this massively transformational time at the moment. So it is my great delight to read for people. Uh, as I say, I've read for people of all walks of life all over the world. Uh, it transforms people's life. There's no going back. People tell me there's before they're reading, there's after they're reading. And they're just, there are two very, very different dimensions there. 
And if people want to find out more, you have books, um, a website. Give us that information because I'm sure many of our listeners will want to follow up and learn more. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are three books. Uh, Human Design, Discover the Person You Were Born to Be. Uh, this was published by HarperCollins in 2009. Uh, it's now out in 12 different languages worldwide. Um, bestsellers in places you would be very surprised about. Um, because yeah, people people recognize this stuff, it clicks, it works for them. People that have had their identity taken away from them through the mm. cultures, you know, mm. all of a sudden yep. they realize, I've got a life. Right. So second book is the book of lines. Um, this takes you deeper into your human design. The third book we just published is the book of destinies, Discover the Life You Were Born to Live. And it talks about the 192 different life themes that are possible here as a human being. So apart from finding out your own life theme and the life themes of the people around you and having that instant recognition, oh my goodness, you know, this is what I came here to play out. Uh, it's actually the story of humanity for these times. Every possible way in which humanity describes its life is in that book. So a lot of fun. And oh, just... uh, yeah, so there's many things to explore. Uh, my great pleasure is reading for people directly, one-on-one -on -one with them and, uh, as I say, I've watched people's lives just completely transform. So let's talk more about your readings that you do one-on-one, -on -one, Chatan. Like, um, again, what would people be able to expect? Like, how long is it? How do they connect with you? Um, yeah, just... Well, they can connect through the website, uh, humandesignforusall.com. And uh, they just have to look for working with, uh, working with Chetan. And there are links there. There's a video there that explains pretty much... Uh, my background of how I came to this and what happens through this work. The readings that I offer, uh, the simple reading I do is a 90-minute reading. Uh, I do it over the phone or on Skype, uh, anywhere in the world. And uh, I, do a rec I record the reading. I tell everybody, uh, the person I'm reading for, as much as I possibly can about their design. And people come back to me 10 years afterwards and say they're still listening to the recording and they're still hearing things that they hadn't heard before. And it's still changing their life. So um, they're very, very profound readings. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's excellent. Um, any other last thoughts as we have uh, a couple minutes to go before the end of the show? Any other last thoughts that you would like to leave us with? Well, yes. The world is in a huge change around. Mm. Everything is changing. Um, banks, insurance, nationality, gender politics, ju justice systems, everything is changing. And if you're still living life according to the old principles, then sooner or later you're going to trip up big time. So the great encouragement is human design came to us as a gift for these times. If you understand just simple things like these three keys about your human design, if you just understand how they are, how they work for you, and they're all laid out in these reports that we generated. They're in the books as well. Everything in your life will start turning. It'll start turning towards you. So you'll start drawing to situations that you're here to live out because that is something that's part of your path. You will start drawing to you people that you're here to interact with and you will have very, very clear interactions with them. And in a sense, what I've watched happen is the more one can be in touch with one's own nature, then the more nature is in touch with us. Hmm. That instead of having to fight one's way through life, everything just becomes a, a tremendous celebration. 
We've been told that we came here as sinners, you know, we've screwed up, we've done everything drastically wrong. And the absolute opposite is the case. We're here to celebrate life. We're here to have an extraordinary experience here. But if you don't really understand who you are and what your life's about, it's going to be hard to have that experience. What an encouraging message. I just, <laughs> I uh, again, I just feel so blessed to have had you on the show because we're, it's just the simple encouragements. I think that people, um, like you said, there's a boatload of incur- discouragement around and available at any time. And, and a really big part of um, becoming encouraging is encouraging yourself every day when you wake up and, you know, saying, what's great about me and what is it that I bring to the world and how do I, you know, have good self-respect and, and all of this, this tool is almost like, um, it's like a handbook or a guidebook where you can open it up and actually, you know, read something tangible that's really good about yourself and a way to get solid and centered uh, in your in your everyday uh, interactions within yourself and with the people who are in your life, which we um, love that aspect of things on this show, just encouraging people to use the tools that we share, not only for themselves, but really for, for their families. So just want to thank you again so much for being on the show today. Howard, any last words? No, I just want to echo exactly what you said, Jatan. It's been great getting to know you, and um, I think that we will continue our dialogue and conversation. I'm fascinated in what you're doing, and we both have really appreciated your presence on this show, and I'm sure it's meant a lot to many people, so thank you. Well, my great pleasure, Howard and Leah. Thank you so much for inviting me. So until next time on Master Your Life, Uh, We hope you have a wonderful week filled with insight, intelligence, and inspiration. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life.